Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick begins a message entitled, Hope in Hardship. Hope is the soil in which faith is planted, that it may bring forth fruit unto righteousness. This is just one of the observations Brother Rick gleans from the story behind the oft-quoted promise in Jeremiah 29.11. Here he points us to the surrounding verses for context and then teaches us five things that we need to know to make it to the promise of God drawn from Israel's 70 years of captivity. On this broadcast, Brother Rick reads his text taken from Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 10 through 15 and then brings us the two T's of a spirit-filled life. Then he brings us the first of five things that we need to know to make it to the promise of God. And now, here's Brother Rick. Open your Bibles to a very, very familiar passage, Jeremiah 29. Now, when I say Jeremiah 29, almost everybody in here can immediately quote Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I have toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of good, to give you hope and an expected end. The 19th day of November, I was riding along in my car, and honestly, I was coming from Indianapolis, Indiana, and anybody that knows me knows I can get lost in Walmart parking lot, and uh, I actually thought I was coming through Louisville till I saw a sign that said I was in Evansville, so I can get lost and be there for a long time. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know where I was. I don't pay attention. I knew I was headed south, so eventually I'd get home, but anyway... Right outside Indianapolis, I received a phone call, and it was such a strange phone call because I was singing a song about the mercy of the Lord. And you may know this song. It's an old song, but it says, uh, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. You know that song? His mercies never Come to any, they are new every morning, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, <laughs> great is thy faithfulness. So I was driving along, I was just praying. And as I was praying, uh, Debbie had an iPhone. And so, you know, when your family gets an iPhone, you just kiss them by. Unfortunately, I just got one three weeks ago, so y'all wave at me, amen? But you kind of go on a journey. And uh, she was on the iPhone, iPhoning, whatever. And I just kept singing that song and thinking of that scripture, how his mercy is new every morning. And as I was thinking about it, I got a phone call. My razor phone rang. That lets you know where I'm at in life. But anyway, when it rang, I picked up my razor. Hello. And the guy said, I've got a verse of scripture for you that the Lord gave me last week while I was bird hunting in Kansas. And I said, what is it? And he said, uh, Lamentations 3.22. Expecting me to be a biblical scholar, know what he's talking about. I have no clue. What Lamentations 3.22 said, no idea in the world. 
And he said, what do you think about that? And I said, I'd think more if you tell me what Lamentations 3.22 says. <laughs> and he said, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Because his compassions, they fail not. Great is his faithfulness, for his mercies are new every morning. To which I had a spiritual response, get out of here. And he said to me, what do you mean, get out of here? I said, I'm just singing that. I've been praying it for 30 minutes. I've been singing the Lord since October to the 19th of November that day. Lord, what will 2013 be? I want you to really hear this. The Lord spoke to me and said, it will be a year of hope. It will be a year of hope. And I said, Lord, how can these things be? How can it be a year of hope when at 58 years of age, I've never seen the people of America feel more hopeless than they feel right now? I said, how can it be a year of hope? And the Lord said these words to me. Hope is born from the womb of hopelessness. And he said, though, our, though your nation is in the throes of judgment, and I believe we are. He said, don't preach judgment, preach hope. That's our only way out. <laughs> so I got me a Bible and started looking up hope scriptures. You've done it, ain't you? Just everything with hope in it or you hoped it was hope. You just hope you get it in it. But anyway, I was just looking through all the hope scriptures, you know, and I come across Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is a substance of things, the evidence of things not seen. My first thought was, I wish I understood that. I don't understand exactly what that scripture is saying. See, I'm real simple. If you're going to tell me something, you can't be mystical because I can't figure it out. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. I said, Lord, what are you talking about? The evidence of things not saying. What are you saying? And the Lord just broke it down, Harlan County style. Is that okay? And he said to me, hope is the soil in which faith is planted that it may bring forth fruit unto righteousness. Then he began to reveal to me that the devil is not necessarily battling your faith. He's trying to steal your hope so you'll have no place to plant it. And every attack of the enemy of what you're going through right now is to rob you of hope so that faith has nowhere to reside. It has nowhere to flourish. And so if we don't have hope, we don't have any place to put our faith. Faith is that soil by which we plant it. And so the Lord began to deal with me, and I went back to Jeremiah 29, 11. And today I want to talk about hope and hardship. Hope and hardship. As how many of you know just because you got hope don't mean you're going to just sail through without any trouble? I remember years ago my spiritual father, such a great man of wisdom, but a lady asked him, said, what is the evidence of a spirit-filled life? i never forget his answer. He said, there's two T's. Don't ever forget it. And the woman said, what? He said, tongues. She said, oh, okay, and trouble. That's the second one. How many of you know when you get a spirit-filled life, the devil don't quit fighting you. He starts fighting you harder. And trouble is just as much evidence of a spirit-filled life as tongues. You start having difficulty. And our problem is we think we've missed God somewhere when in reality we have found God because we're going against the current. Do you understand that? You're going against the stream. You're going against adversity. You found an enemy. All of that comes out of finding hope. And so the enemy will battle you. And, and, and this thing in uh, Jeremiah 29, they are headed towards captivity. In fact, if you read the verse, first nine verses, he's telling them, now when you get there in Babylonian captivity, don't get too anxious because you're going to be there 70 years. So just go ahead and build your house. 
plant you some vineyards because you're going to be in captivity 70 years. <laughs> Not quite an encouraging word. Imagine the prophet has to deliver that. Hey, y'all going into bondage? Pack a lunch. Going to be 70 years. You're going to... Ain't nobody wants to hear that. Now look in verse 10. But thus saith the Lord after these 70 years. Ever say after. Now we don't ever quote Jeremiah 29, 10. Who wants to hear that? Jeremiah 29, 11, that they put bread in a bag. You know what I'm talking about? Bread in a basket or honey in a rock. Y'all got one of them on your table. You know, you don't pull out any scripture. It says, except Jesus Christ or you're going to hell. You know, it's usually something more encouraging. And so we pull out Jeremiah 29, 11, because ain't nobody wants to go into bondage for 70 years. That ain't part of our promise scriptures. But after these 70 years be accomplished in Babylon, I'll visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. Now, here he says this scripture we all like. For I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of good, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you hope. Everybody say hope. And an expected end. Now, look at what he says next. Then shall you call. Everybody say then. Shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and hearken. I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me when you seek and search for me with all your heart. For I will be found of you, says the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity, and I'll gather you out of the nations from, and the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. I'll bring you back again to this place whence I caused you to be carried away because ye have said the Lord has raised us up prophets. Everybody say prophets in Babylon. Now, let's pray. Father, I pray for your anointing to rest upon me, Lord, as I share what you've laid on my heart. And I pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you'll give us ears to hear and understanding hearts, Lord, and minds, that we can carry out your word and act upon it, that it can bring forth its intended purpose in our life. In Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement together said, amen. I just want to share with you, but I've been studying the Bible differently lately because I believe so many times we read Bible books and when we finish the book, we think we're going into a whole different story. But did you know this? It was prophesied that 70 years would pass. Did you know that it encompasses all of the book of Jeremiah, all of the book of Lamentations, all of the book of Ezekiel, all of the book of Daniel? Did you know all that happens in that 70 years? And what did God say? I'll raise up prophets. Everybody say prophets. And you'll know that I carried out my word. See, what I want you to understand is God was going to raise up Ezekiel, the prophet, and he would show dead bones raising up into a big army while they were in prison. Jeremiah would weep and talk about the hope that's in the Lord and the mercy that's in every morning. Daniel would raise up and show the faithfulness of those, even in the midst of a lion's den that refuses to bow to the foreign gods. All of these things would be in place to fulfill the word of God. I was thinking, Lonnie, when he's talking about going down the Grand Canyon, I peeked over from a distance. Because if you've been to Grand Canyon, ain't no rails. I think that's a very goofy thing. But anyway, I'm scared of basically everything. I don't like to swim. I don't like water. Somebody said, why don't you like water? Don't you like go to the ocean? I said, I got tired of hearing them holler free willy. But anyway, <clears throat> you'll get that after a while. But anyhow, I don't like water. I don't like heights. And I remember going to Grand Canyon. It's way up there. Y'all been there? It's a big old hole in the ground. 
And then Lonnie and them told me they're going to walk down there. I'm like, uh-uh. I ain't going to walk down and peek over. I sure ain't going to get on the edge and go down through there. And I looked over in there. Now, what you got to understand, I believe if I'm right, nine miles. Nine miles. Listen, I ain't hardly driving that in the car without stopping. Much less hiking. And when you get down there, there's that water. Now, see what you got to understand is the water didn't just come when you got there. The water was there waiting on you. See, when they went into the wilderness, they thought it was a barren desert, and God had a river wrapped up in a rock just waiting until they got thirsty. You understand he's in control of your life. He knows what's coming. That's why he's working all things together for your good. Now, here's some things you need to understand if you're going to make it through to the promise of God. Number one, your destiny is most of the time revealed in the most difficult season of your life. See, we believe that God reveals our destiny in glorious moments. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> no, it's when you think there's no way out of here that God shows up and brings destiny. It's when you've been like Moses in the backside of a desert for 40 years and don't forget how to talk to anything but sheep. See, he was an eloquent man raised in a palace. Do you understand? He never forgot all that, and he don't even know how to do anything but stutter now because all sheep go bad, so Moses is with him. He's been with him 40 years. Everything's bad today. So anyway, he can't even talk anymore, and everything he has lost, and that's when God said, now I'll take you. Because see, 40 years he thought he's somebody, and God took 40 years to make him know he was nobody so God could pick him up and make him somebody. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life.org. Thanks for listening.